0: Alright, I'm delighted to be joined again by Ben Cisneros of Rugbyandthelaw.com. Ben spoke to us earlier in the year about Rook Laws and he's back to reflect on the news that Saracens have been hit by a point deduction, a 35 point reduction due to their salary cap issues. Ben, how are you?
1: Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you doing?
0: Good, thank you. We actually got, we mentioned on the podcast yesterday, Ben, that you were coming on today, and funnily enough, a couple of uh, listeners emailed us questions that I might put to you later on in the podcast. But firstly, just on this news. Yeah, great. It's kind of, it's an unprecedented fine of 5.3 million, uh, a 35-point reduction. What was your reaction when you heard this?
1: Well, I mean, similarly to you, it's an enormous story, isn't it? Um, I think it's probably the most significant sort of um, legal story to ever hit. Um, the premiership certainly uh, and English rugby it's it's an enormous scandal Um, and as you say the scale of the fine and the points reduction reflects that I think I was just sort of I was taken aback actually at the size of the sanctions the scale of them Um, I didn't expect that I thought I thought they might get in trouble but I, I didn't didn't see that coming.
0: The scope of this is actually something that is really interesting and it's because particularly how it affects other teams, I think, and how they're going to react to that. So you saw today, for example, Chris Robshaw was quite forceful about what Saracens, the advantage they had for the last three seasons, what that had did to the the playing field, or he said the lack of a playing field, that it yeah. made it totally uncompetitive. And that, I think, is particularly interesting because... What, what was stated yesterday is that this point reduction can only be enforced in this season that their scope was in a sense limited but there does seem to be the fact that outside of that that you know this certainly had an impact on other seasons On you could make a case that it had an impact on Europe on Irish provinces like Munster and Leinster who both lost to Saracens last year given that Saracens were able to you know, amalgamate this squad qualify for a tournament what now looks like in a, an unfair advantage yeah well I think you're right
1: I mean firstly I've seen what Rochelle said I think, I think it was pretty bang on. It does sort of undermine the credibility of, of, of the tournament uh, and undoes a lot of what, what rugby sort of holds itself out to be in terms of um, having, having so much integrity. Uh, and, and, yeah, can, I can see why people sort of feel that it undermines even European competition. Um, but ultimately, these regulations only apply to the premiership, and premiership rugby, of course, only have jurisdiction over the premiership, so they can't really... Um, do anything in relation to the european cup itself um and i agree it is a bit odd that the the regulations only provide for the sanctions to take effect um in the current season um it really does seem odd that there can't be anything done retrospectively um the, the regulations just don't provide for any sort of you know um title stripping or, or, or retrospective sanctions in any way um as you say you know last season there they were found to have breached the cap. Um, but the fact that they've qualified for Europe, you know, nothing, nothing's going to be done about that. So it doesn't undermine their, their current status in Europe, which could potentially lead to some quite strange consequences, particularly if, you know, if they were to go on and win it this year. Um, but then they really, you know, they don't succeed in overturning um, the point deduction in the premiership. And, and, you know, they could even be relegated. So you, you could have the Heineken Cup winner <laughs> be, being relegated from the premiership in the same year. So it, it really does sort of leave a slightly uncomfortable feeling or, or slightly awkward feeling um, in that regard. But, but that's just simply what the regulations um, provide, unfortunately.
0: Well, on that, actually, that's an interesting point because you're talking about regulations there in terms of the both uh, authorities, both whether that be uh, the Champions Cup or that be the, the Premiership, what they can enforce. But one question that was emailed to us, this is from Jerry McLaughlin, and he actually asked us to put this to you. And he was wondering, does every team that missed out on league places or titles, and obviously the, you know, the pretty lucrative financial benefits that come with them, now have regal league course, the teams themselves, against Harsons?
1: Well, this is something I, I've been thinking about in the past 24 hours quite a bit, and actually I've just, I've just finished putting together to get an article on it. And I think there's a possibility but, that they could at least sort of mount a legal claim. But I do really think that it would be um, incredibly difficult for them to succeed in, in any sort of court action. Because even if you could, even if you could um, argue that there had been some sort of a, a breach of contract and that you had some sort of grounds for a claim, I think the issues of proof would be so, so complicated. Because if you think about it, to, to succeed in a claim and to claim any sort of you know, compensation, they'd have to establish that they lost something. Um, and, and that would involve them showing that essentially they could have won um, the tournament or the premiership had, had, had Saracens. Um, sort of stuck to the salary cap had had they not broken the rules, and, and how on earth do you do you prove that? How on earth do you put sort of a percentage chance on that? You know, do you say well, it, oh, if Saracens hadn't signed Liam Williams, that would have made it you know ten percent more likely that they wouldn't have won the league or something like? <laughs> do you see what I mean? I, th- I think it's incredibly difficult, um, and, and equally, you know, the impact throughout the season ha- has a cumulative effect on you know their final league position on the league position of other teams and on their position in terms of qualifying for Europe in terms of how many points they amassed in terms of how many bonus points they could amass and i think that you know when you think about it in those terms and how you would actually go about proving the effect that the breach had on on the rest of the league i think you'd see that you begin to see that any sort of legal claim would be incredibly difficult to put together um so yeah i i, I think there's an argument there for sure, but the actual reality of proving it would be for well, almost impossible, I think.
0: That's and I, I actually find that interesting. And I guess if we were look ahead on that, right? I mean, the same thing I assume would would apply to the Champions Cup teams, like uh, Munster or Leinster, or the you know the Irish interest that would be there. Yeah. In terms of a, a, any case they would have, can I move? Can we talk about the, the protestations of Saracens chairman Nigel Ray, have been kind of forceful, and they they've released a statement. We read that out in the podcast yesterday. Um, for those who don't know, they have they're already looking at a review and an appeal at the very minute. Yeah. But, but like. The scope of that review or uh, appeal appears to be quite limited, doesn't it? Yes.
1: Yeah, so as soon as the story came out, you know, you have people saying, oh, they're going to appeal it, and Tarleton's themselves saying they're going to launch an appeal. Um, but if you read the premiership uh, Premiership statement uh, and also the regulations, they make clear that there isn't an appeal as such, but there is this review. Uh, and in sort of legal terms, there there is really a difference between appeals and reviews. Uh, an appeal is one where normally you can sort of make your arguments again in front of a different court and, and they'll essentially decide whether the the first court made the right decision or whether a different decision should be taken. So that's an appeal, whereas the review is normally looking at the sort of the validity of the decision that was taken, uh, whether any major sort of procedural errors were made or if they made, um, you know, a wholly unreasonable decision, essentially. Um, and, and that is quite different because you're not just asking a different panel to come to a, a different conclusion. You're actually asking them to find that the original um, panel's decision was so wrong that there's no way it could possibly be right, if, if, if you see what I mean. So it is a much sort of higher threshold to get over. Um, and so I think um, it, it's certainly not right to say it's a simple appeal. Um, they will have to be sort of very careful with the, the arguments they make. Um, and I think, given given the statement they made, I think their main um, ground for the review um, would be to say that the, the, the co-investments. I don't know if it, how much is in the press. There isn't an awful lot, really, about whether these co-investments or what was was what made them go over the go over the salary cap. And they will argue, I think, that these co-investments shouldn't be taken to be included in the cap, and that perhaps that the original. Um, disciplinary panel were wrong to find that they
0: were um so included you know and if we look ahead then based off that right so the the appeal itself is one thing and you know as you've outlined there there's there's certainly kind of limited scope within that anyway but for example looking ahead like what does this mean for saracens if these sanctions are 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 implemented if that appeal is unsuccessful like you look at the there's definitely a case you mentioned dean williams there i think you look at Players like uh, Elliot Daly or Will Skelton, and I, other teams would certainly point to them and say, "Would they have the scope to sign them if they weren't breaching the, the salary cap?" And you know, then you yeah, get yeah. To pass the kind of a looming, really looming possibility of of relegation, as you've already mentioned. But what does it mean in terms of from, from Saracens looking ahead? I guess this is a question both kind of maybe it's fifty percent your your legal expertise and fifty percent your rugby. But what does it mean for Saracens as a club moving forward?
1: Yeah, well, I think if I'm know I think there's you know there's the rugby implication, and then there's the potential legal implications. And in terms of the rugby invocations. I mean, Rob Shaw touched on it today when he said that, you know, it sort of undermines this sort of ethos that we all put out about rugby, but specifically with Tarzan, that they're all about, you know, their culture and how great their culture is and, and how they've built their success. And this really undermines that. And I think that will really, um, you know, cause some challenges for them both internally and externally, um, in, in the years to come, because it really does undermine everything they've sort of built themselves on. Um, and obviously, on, on the playing so whether they get relegated or not will remain to be seen. They might see it as a challenge that really will galvanise them. And and I think, someone put out, that you know, even if they'd had thirty five points deducted in the last few seasons, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have relegated them remarkably. So, so on that front, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, and, and then, equally, on, on the more legal side, yeah, you've got you've got the players um, who 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 are there at the moment and are presumably. Um, on sort of similar money to, or, or there were similar arrangements in place for this season as there were for the previous season. So there might be um, the case; it might be the case that they need to make some sort of um, adjustment to their pay structures um, in order to avoid breaching the salary cap this year. And of course, that will have uh, implications legally in terms of the, the employment contracts they have in place with the, with the current players. And, and it may be that they'll have to um, sort of give, give some players notice that they'll have to leave uh, and. All the things that come with that, and there's potential. There's potential for, for claims to arise out of that from players who would be unhappy. Um, and, and certainly, you can't simply just just de- decide you're going to do- sort of reduce someone's wages all of a sudden. There has to be there has to be agreement there. So, so that's going to be a very difficult one for them going forward. Um, and then of course, then you've got the fine uh, of over five million pounds, which um, is not inconsiderable when you consider that the, the salary cap itself is. Is, is approximately 7 million when you take into account the credit so it's almost an entire year year's wage bill for them uh, on top of on top of you know this season's wage bill so how they're going to manage that um is going to be a, another commercial challenge for the club i think
0: <laughs> what a mess ben you mentioned you're uh, you're working on an article yourself there where can people read that
1: yeah, well, it's going to be um, on com. I hope, and I'm going to be sort of putting out a few articles in, in the coming week or, or, or probably weeks, I think, as this, this issue is probably going to go on and on. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, www.rugbyinthelaw.com.
0: Thanks com. Thanks, for talking to us today, Ben.
1: Great. Thank you very much.